1: It's good to be with you on another episode of Vitality Radio. Exciting stuff to talk about today. It's back to school time. Time to get the kids ready for the gauntlet, right? I mean, they go back into school. They've got to think better, more clearly maybe than they usually do. Concentrate, focus a little bit more, and they've got to stay well. And that's really what I mean by the gauntlet, right? The kids get into school. It's a virtual cesspool of germs and bacteria, all kinds of stuff. They they have to be careful uh, not to bring home to you and the rest of the family. And unfortunately, that's not always easy. I get parents to come in every week, uh, sorry, every school year to Vitality, Nutrition, and Bountiful, and ask me, you know, what can I do? My kid's got chronic this, he's getting sinus infections or ear infections or strep throat or whatever it is. And they wanna know what they can do to keep their immune system up so that this doesn't continually happen to their children. And that is what a big chunk of the show will be on today is keeping your immune, your child's immune system up, well, and yours as well during this coming winter season, more importantly, during this coming school year. Now, I want to follow this episode up with another one next week talking about focus, attention, how to get your child ahead when it comes to the mental game of school, getting the focus and attention correct so that they can do what they need to do and perform in class and with homework and everything else without the use of pharmaceuticals if we can possibly avoid them. So that'll be part two of this Back to School special, but... Prior to that, of course, I always have to tell you that Vitality Radio is brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful at 107 South, 500 West. That's Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, 107 South, 500 West. You can call us anytime, 801-292-6662. In fact, the store opens pretty much the minute that my voice stops on today's episode. You can give a call and ask any questions you have about anything you heard on the show or anything else that has to do with health, fitness, and ultimately obtaining your greatest level of personal vitality and vitality for your family. Again, you can call us at 801-292-6662. You can also find us on Facebook, Facebook.com uh, slash, sorry, Facebook.com slash vitality radio is where you find us. And uh, we are running weekly competitions now, well, contests, I guess it is. All you've got to do is like and share whatever post we post on Wednesday or Thursday each week, and you get the opportunity to win anywhere from usually 30 to $50 worth of free goodies that are provided by our great vendors. And uh, we love to get you involved on the Facebook page. You can also catch us on our new website, vitalitynutrition.com. Okay, so today on the show, as I said, I'm going to talk about back to school. I'm going to talk about health and nutrition specific to immune support for your child going back to school. But before I get into that, we're also going to talk about something that the American Academy of Pediatrics is doing. And we're going to do that during the morning rant.
0: In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be
1: ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth.
0: It's time for the vital rant.
1: Now the rant today is kind of an interesting one. I should probably just accept the fact that America, and specifically the government in America and the medical associations in America are really, really slow to pay attention to the trends that we're seeing every other country uh, taking advantage of the new information that's coming available with the new studies that are being released. You know, it was just last year around this time that I talked about how the European Union, most of the countries uh, in the European Union are now recommending that women only have a mammogram every other year instead of every year, that they start at age 50 instead of 40, thereby reducing mammograms dramatically. Why? Because what we've determined in the future studies is that mammograms for each one can increase your cancer risk by 1%. If you think about that, from the age of 40 to 60, if you're getting one annually, that's a 20% increase in, in the risk of breast cancer simply by trying to detect breast cancer early. Yet in America, they're still recommending it annually. They're still recommending it 40 years and up. And they aren't even going to talk about thermography, which is a much, much better way to not only safely check the breast for cancer, but also detect more effectively whether or not there is cancer present. So, yes, we're a little slow here. Okay, we're a lot slow here in America to adopt some of the things that are being adopted in other parts of the world. One of those places is in Food and food additives. And, you know, we're in 2018, but years ago when I was traveling, uh, well, I guess we're almost exactly 10 years ago now, I traveled to Europe for the first time. And I've not tried to hide the fact uh, that I have a a bit of a history of being a lover of certain foods that are... mm, junk foods okay in fact one of the biggies that i tend to lack willpower against is gummies i know call me a kid at heart whatever it is but i really really like gummy candy gummy worms gummy bears gummy peach rings i mean you name it they're all delicious well they're not all but most of them are delicious and the problem with gummies what well they're loaded with usually corn syrup almost always artificial colors and not just one artificial color but a whole myriad of artificial colors right because you've got all those different colored gummy bears or gummy worms or whatever in there not so good so it's always been this thing with me where you know knowledge is power and I've been blessed with great knowledge on the topic of health and nutrition growing up in a health food store and learning the things that I've learned over the years and unfortunately. That has presented a bit of a uh, hmm, a feeling of sometimes hypocrisy because I say, tell people, hey, avoid these things. They're bad for you. And yet, sometimes I find myself eating them myself. And then also maybe a little bit of guilt, a little twinge of guilt. I shouldn't be eating this. Why am I eating this? So I'm in Europe 10 years ago and I'm looking at European candy because we all know, well, maybe we don't all know, but you should know by now that European chocolate in particular is much, much better than the junk that they serve us here. So if you're going to eat fine chocolates, fine chocolates are usually found in Europe. So we're looking there in these grocery stores for these types of things and I come across the, you know, gummy section of the candy. And I start to look at packages and I'm recognizing that they don't have the artificial colors in them. They're sweetened with glucose or sucrose, not corn syrup, a high fructose corn syrup. And they oftentimes didn't have artificial flavors. And I'm thinking to myself, this is awesome. Now I can eat this stuff that I've been mostly avoiding, but still succumbing to the temptation from time to time, and I at least don't get all these chemicals. Even though I'm still getting sugar, it's still junk food. At least it's not... sheer garbage. I was elated. It was exciting. I packed a lot of it home in my suitcase. And then I recognized there's this place called World Market. Give them a little shout-out. If you're familiar with World Market, they have amazing candy selection. So if you're going to splurge a little bit on candy, good place to go. Well, they have all those European gummies, and not all of them, but most of them are pretty clean. And so then I thought, well, that's cool. And then recently, even uh, well, not American companies, because I think Black Force is actually a European company, but some of these companies are now taking this stuff out for American consumers. Well, back then, 10 years ago, I thought it was the consumers that were driving that demand, And maybe to some degree that was the case. That's certainly what's happening in America. Consumers like me, consumers like you listening to shows like this are saying, hey, I still want to junk out every once in a while, but I don't need all those chemicals. I don't need the red in my gummy bear to come from Red 40. I can get it from beet juice powder or something natural at least. And it still tastes great. And it still looks like candy. Not that it matters. I don't care if my gummy bears are all white. In fact, I'd probably prefer they're the best ones anyway but aside from that you get my point I thought it was a consumer driven thing but it really wasn't it was a government driven thing in the EU and in the UK the most of the chemicals or many of the chemicals and food additives that are legal here and generally recognized as safe whatever that means we'll actually talk about what that means in a minute are not legal there or require a warning on the package, a safety warning, saying this stuff might cause problems for your children's brains. Because we know that there's enough clinical data now on red 40 and yellow number 5 that say that they may induce hyperactivity in kids who are already hyper that they may mess with ADD and ADHD, and we've seen that many kids, maybe as high as 50 to 80% of kids that have ADD and ADHD do better when they avoid these colors. Well, in the EU and the UK, they paid attention to that years ago, and here in America, finally, in 2018, the American Academy of Pediatrics American Pediatrics Academy, sorry, it's the APA, which represents like 64,000 different pediatricians in this country, has come out and said, you know what? We need to be more like them, more like what they're doing over in Europe. So this is slight applause, golf clap maybe for the APA, because this could have been done 10 years ago, 15, 20, but still a little bit of an applause. That's good, right? But... It's still a rant because why wasn't it done before and what the heck's happening in America anyway? I mean, the APA letter, let's go into it real quick and then we'll move on to why some of the other issues that are happening here versus across the pond, as they say. The APA issued a letter saying, an increasing number of studies suggest some food additives can interfere with a child's hormones, growth, and development according to the policy statement and accompanying technical report. Some may also increase the risk of childhood obesity rates, which have tripled since the 70s. The United States allows the use of more than 10,000 additives to preserve, package, or modify the taste, appearance, texture, or nutrients in food. Now I want you to just let that number sink in a little bit. 10,000 different additives, okay? Many of these were grandfathered in for approval during the 50s. And roughly 1,000 additives are used under a generally recognized as safe designation, that's also known as the GRASS designation, that does not require the United States Food and Drug Administration to approve them at all. As pediatricians, we're especially concerned about significant gaps in data about the health effects of many of these chemicals on infants and children. Potentially harmful effects of food additives are of special concern for children, according to the AAP. I guess it is the American Academy of Pediatrics. I thought so. Anyway, children are more sensitive to chemical exposures because they eat and drink more relative to body weight than adults do. And are still growing and developing. Chemicals that affect the endocrine system, for example, can have lasting effects on a child since hormones coordinate complex functions throughout the body, Dr. Trissand said. Even small disruptions at key moments during development can have lifelong consequences, he said. Annual estimated health care costs tied to endocrine disruption or sorry, disrupting chemicals, he added, are estimated to be roughly $340 billion with a B. Now, that could lead to an entire another rant, but I will spend less than one minute talking about it. We scream and fuss and whine and complain about health care costs in this country. We talk about how everybody needs health care coverage. We talk about deductibles and health insurance and Obamacare versus whatever Trump's trying to do and so on and so on and so on. But there are so many places, I mean, it's got to be every two or three months I'm doing a rant where I read off some statistics saying that $340 billion could be saved if we just weren't stupid with our diets or with the things that are allowed to happen in this country that should not happen, such as these artificial colors. They shouldn't even be allowed. They should be off the market. We know they're dangerous. We know they're probably carcinogenic. And usually when it says probably, it means that eventually we learn that they are definitely carcinogenic, just like what we've learned about Roundup. We thought it was a problem for years, they covered it up for years, now we know it's a problem. Well, the same thing's gonna happen with red 40 and yellow five and we already know that they cause behavioral disorders in our children And could create all kinds of other issues. You know, BPA was on the market, and now it's not. Now it's BPS. Well, BPS is even more dangerous than BPA, according to most of the research. And so we have all these reasons to recognize that these things are not safe. They shouldn't be recognized as safe. And yet, here we are in America, dragging our feet, doing nothing about it. We need more research, according to the letter, to be to, to better be able to understand how food additives affect human health, said the AAP Council on Environmental Health, uh, Dr. Jennifer Lowry. Retesting is most important for the chemicals with increasing evidence of risks, but also those with safety data based on outdated testing methods or animal studies. And then this quote blew my mind. She points to a recent review of nearly 4,000 different food additives and found that 64% of them had had no research showing they were safe for people to eat or drink. 64% of those 4,000 had zero research showing them as safe and yet some of those are generally recognized as safe for who knows what reason. Some of the AAP's recommendations may require congressional action For example, the FDA currently lacks the authority it needs to review existing data on additives already on the market or to retest their safety for people to eat. Now, the FDA, you know, they're my buddies, right? We love those guys. They're amazing. They do great okay most of the stuff they do is garbage and they don't do a very good job of it they're underfunded and on some level that's good because you know what the funding they have they use on ridiculous witch hunts do you realize the fda just recently spent a lot of time at a company in salt lake who i will leave unnamed because i'm privy to some information that maybe i shouldn't be privy to but they spent time hours of time visiting and withholding product from and researching labels of an herbal company in Salt Lake City, making them change over six different formulas based on what the label said or based on the, la- the product having herbs and homeopathic ingredients in it. Ridiculous things are happening. Wasted time, wasted money on things that don't matter and yet we don't spend a nickel trying to figure out if these chemicals are safe to put into our bodies. And what really disturbs me the most, you know, kids, what are they gonna be drawn to? They're gonna be drawn to colorful things, right? They're like little kittens running around the room, and the shiny object is exciting to them. Well, the colorful thing's exciting to them. You bring a kid to the carnival, and he wants an icy, What color is he gonna want? He's gonna want blue raspberry. That's not even a thing, right? When did that become a thing? Blue raspberry, it's a joke. That's a hard color to make even in nature, right? So he's gonna want blue raspberry. He's gonna want tiger's blood, that bright red one. Or he's gonna want something bright green. Or he's gonna want a rainbow of colors. But he's almost never gonna want pina colada, the only white one. My poor kids eight and five years old. That's the only one I'll let them get. I don't even want to let them get one at all because I know the other stuff in there is crap, but at least I'm not giving them brain neurotoxic chemicals. And my daughter constantly complains and says, Dad, it's the only one you'll ever let me get. And I say, honey, it's because I love you and I'm letting you have some junk, but just come my way and recognize that we don't need the junkiest of the junk And yes, we support the pina colada flavor. Okay, so lots of problems here, but at least the AAP is doing something about it, issuing this letter, and maybe that will resonate with the FDA or the powers that be in Congress, and maybe we'll actually start moving away from things that are killing our kids that are found in their most commonly used foods, breakfast cereals, chips, snack foods, gummy candies, icies, and so on, and so on, and so on. Here's one more thing before I end the rant. McDonald's. Nobody should eat at McDonald's, whether you're here in America or you're in Europe, you just shouldn't eat at McDonald's. Stop eating at McDonald's. Stop eating at McDonald's, okay? That's the first part. But I've often wondered the many times, well, many times, I think I've been to Europe three or four times now, and in those times, that I've been there, I've been amazed, alarmed, even concerned when I see Americans eating at McDonald's. I'm like, okay, we have that stuff at home. We shouldn't eat it there. Why are we eating it here? Why aren't we eating the local cuisine? But that's just a me thing. Aside from that, I've thought, I, it perplexes me, okay? It really does. But did you know that maybe they're just trying to get a Big Mac that doesn't have all kinds of chemicals in it. That's not why they're doing it. It's just they're scared of the local food. But aside from that, check this out. In the UK, McDonald's, 27 menu, menu items that contain TBHQ. In the UK, you can't use it. 27 menu items that contain dimethyl polysiloxane. In the UK, can't use it. Partially hydrogenated oils, 19 items, not in the UK. 13 artificial colors, not in the UK. 18 have caramel color, that's allowed in the UK. 30 have Azodicarbamide, that's the uh, yoga mat stuff that uh, the food babe worked on getting out of Subway sandwiches, and that's not in the UK. And it's so on and so on and so on. What you end up with is basically cleaner, healthier, less toxic food in the UK and the European Union than here in America in the same foods. I mean, the same foods are being made over there better than they're being made over here. They're being made here cheaper. They're being made here to be a little more colorful, maybe to look a little better on the plate at the expense of our health and nutrition, and it's a bunch of garbage and it needs to stop. And so again, (laughs) mild applause for the AAP, American Academy of Pediatrics, for actually saying something about it. We'll see if anything comes of it. And now one more little public service reminder. You vote with your wallet. Don't buy it. They'll stop making it. It's happening. I mean, you can now buy organic gummy worms and gummy pears, and they're pretty good from Black Forest. Every Maverick store in the state has them. You can buy art, uh, gummies that have no artificial color. They have flavors from natural sources and so on and so forth. It's happening. We're finding more and more clean food available, even amongst the junk food, cleaner options. And that's awesome, and that's because of people like you listening to shows like this. They're reading labels, paying attention, and buying the stuff and supporting the brands that are actually cleaning up their act. And that is a win for all of us. Okay, I'm going to cut to a break. When I come back, it's the Back to School special. We're going to talk about how to keep your child healthier, the immune system functioning so they don't bring all that gunk home to you, When we come back, you're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. Insurgent Sports Nutrition is a brand new sports supplement company with a unique philosophy, refuse to conform. In the sports nutrition industry, one company starts something and has some success and everyone else tends to follow their lead. What you end up with is a bunch of me-too products that don't add up to anything special. What you typically see on the market are formulas with all kinds of ingredients that look good on the label, but do very little to advance your training and performance. At Insurgents, our motto is everything you need, nothing you don't. While many brands put the right ingredients in a product, most don't put the right dose. There are clinical trials for a reason to prove not only if an ingredient works, but also how much of that ingredient it takes to provide the desired effect. At Insurgents, we won't add an ingredient to a formula unless we can add the clinically effective dose. Our first formula is our Insurgents pre-workout. Pre-workouts nowadays are a dime a dozen. They even sell them at the big box stores. The vast majority of pre-workouts on the market are overdosed on caffeine and other stimulants and underdosed on the stuff that actually increases your performance. Insurgents pre-workout has all of the most critical ingredients to improve endurance, strength, energy, and without the crash that comes with a megadose of stimulants. Insurgent's pre-workout comes with or without caffeine and has no additional stimulants. If you want a truly effective, hype-free pre-workout that tastes great, is free of artificial colors, and absolutely does the job, refuse to conform and join the Insurgents. For more information about Insurgent's pre-workout, call Vitality Nutrition, 801 292 6662. That's 8012926662. Okay, so without further ado, I talked in the opening about the American Academy of Pediatrics actually doing something good and making some new recommendations on the food additives that we should be avoiding. They talked also about avoiding plastics, particularly microwaving things in plastic, storing food in plastic, things like that. I forgot to mention that in the first half. So they're even coming on board with that that I've been talking about for a long time. So that's exciting. We have these cool new water bottles that we brought in made by one of my favorite new companies. Uh, They started out as a a kid's, um, what's the word? Well, Think Kids and Think Baby uh, are, the, are the brand names as well as Think Sport. But all the stuff was basically like baby bottles and uh, things for babies that were clean. that didn't have the BPA and the other garbage in them. They've got these double-walled stainless steel water bottles that are perfect size for school lunches. They're just little 12-ounce bottles. They come in a bunch of different colors, and they keep water cold for 14 hours minimum in fact i have been testing it out and it looks like they even go closer to 20 hours keeping your water really cold like it just came out of the fridge it's kind of amazing and uh, so if you're looking for a stainless solution for your kids for school if you want to use them at home or in the car yourself on these hot summer days it's amazing you can keep that water bottle in your car when it's a hundred plus degrees in there and come out and have icy cold water when you're done shopping or at the bank or whatever it is you're doing we've got them in all different sizes at Vitality Nutrition just thought I'd mention that because talking about school and what you can do to keep your kids healthy so it is back to school time. We're sending our kids into a essential, essentially a cesspool of germs and bacteria and all kinds of other stuff. And the thing is, you know, the, the American Academy of Pediatrics will talk about making sure they're up to date on their vaccinations and everything else. But there are things that go way beyond um, the new fangled science of nutrition and and health and go all the way back to just, well, common sense, giving the body what it needs in the first place to make sure it can fight off what it needs to fight off. And that's what we're going to talk about now. Okay. So here's the thing. Probiotics are the biggest of the biggest deals when it comes to your children's immune systems. Why is that? Because it's estimated that about 80% of your body's immune response starts in the gut as opposed to uh, in any other part of the body. So if your gut is in good shape, your immune system's in good shape. So the first thing you have to assess is what kind of gut health does my child have as he or she is going back to school this fall? And there are a couple of questions you need to ask yourself: what's their antibiotic history? Is their antibiotic history long? Are there a lot of antibiotics, particularly recently? Did they have antibiotics during the first four years of their life? Did they have chronic ear infections, strep throat, sinus infections, anything along those lines? What's their gut health like? Do they have constipation? irritable bowel type symptoms. Do they ever get uh, feeling lousy after meals? Do they have a lot of gas and bloating and discomfort when they eat? Any of those kind of things. All of those are indicators that they need to improve their gut health through probiotics. Remember that the first four years of life is when all of that stuff is formed. And so if you've got kids in school, but you also have young ones, toddlers, infants, remember that it is the most crucial time to allow them to experiment with germs. Let them put things in their mouths. Don't constantly be swabbing them down with antibacterial wipes and and, uh, creams and all that kind of stuff. Let them be dirty because it really will help them with their immune response. I was talking to a friend of mine whose child has fairly significant issues with gut health and a variety of other things, anxiety, uh, depression, and so on and so forth. And her history of antibiotic use is outrageous. And one of the things that's really interesting is that her history uh, as a child was to keep the house extremely clean extremely clean and by keeping the house super super clean she thought yes this is going to be perfect Uh, she said she was even kind of uh, a little bit uh, OCD about this but keeping the house extremely clean was the big thing and her pediatrician said don't do that let the house be dirty let the floors be dirty a little bit your child will benefit from that bacteria and interacting with it and building their own microbiome the good stuff that protects our bodies on the inside and out and that is when i what i'm talking about with probiotics okay so how do you give a child probiotics if you've got a uh, well okay hold on go back when do you give a child antibiotics? That's probably as important as anything we're gonna talk about right now. Now, if you're gonna to listen to me, I'm gonna say antibiotics are the last resort. There's almost never a real need for them. I've been on one in my entire life and that was actually last year with surgery. It was, basically I had no choice. They wouldn't do the surgery without it. But up until then, I've never had one, ever not once I'm 46 years old so clearly you can live a life without antibiotics my little ones haven't had antibiotics they're eight years old and five years old you don't need to resort to these things very often but when does it make sense there are a few times so again if you ask me I'm going to tell you almost never but I decided to grab something off of more of a medical based website, the people at UC Davis. They say common colds never need antibiotics. Even those accompanied by fever and a yellow or green discharge are usually caused by viruses. You can expect symptoms to last for up to 10 days. However, if a sinus infection caused by bacteria is suspected, your doctor can make a decision whether antibiotics are the best choice but make sure that the doctor checks to make sure there's actually a bacterial infection, that it's not just guesswork. Sore throats generally do not need antibiotics. The main exception is for strep throat. When streptococcal infection is the cause, this can be determined in most doctor's office with a quick throat swab. There are things you can do naturally to fight all these things as well, but that is one that an antibiotic at least makes sense for. With strep because at least strep is a bacterial infection. Coughs are usually caused by viruses and do not often require antibiotic treatment. By listening to the lungs, the doctor can determine if pneumonia, which is a lung infection often caused by bacteria, is present. This may require antibiotics. Ear infections have tradi- traditionally been treated routinely in this country with Antibiotics. Now we realize that about 80% will get better without treatment in 7 to 14 days. If the child is not sick or in pain, many doctors now recommend waiting to see if the infection clears up by itself. And some of the most old school of old school remedies are so great for these ear infections garlic and willow in in an extract that you can drop in the ear. We've been selling that for ever since I was a kid, and the willow bark helps with the pain, the garlic helps with the infection. Colloidal silver in the ears—something something that is commonly used to fight ear infections, sinus infections, things like that. We don't have to resort to antibiotics except for in rare cases, and if we can do that, if we can avoid the urge to jump on the antibiotic, we can avoid so many long-term detrimental effects to our children's health. Okay, but what if you didn't know better? Or if your child actually had something that really required an antibiotic and you decided to give it to them or multiple antibiotics and now they're caught in kind of a cycle of illness, what do you do? Probiotics, but not just any probiotic. There are specific probiotics called spore-forming probiotics. And for kids, my favorite, believe it or not, comes in a gummy. Now, I'm going to tell you that most gummy vitamins gummy nutritionals are not worth much. There are some that are better than others for sure, but most as a general rule, eh, not so much. But probiotic gummies, assuming that they have bacillus coagulans in them, are awesome. Nordic Naturals has one. Rainbow Light has one. We carry both. They're delicious and they work really, really well. And one gummy per day for 30 days has been clinically proven to increase immune response dramatically against um, infections, including influenza so big big deal now if you've got a child who's had chronic infections for a long time then you want to make sure they're on these gummies daily I recommend for a minimum of six months preferably for a year if you've got a child who is generally quite healthy hasn't been on a bunch of antibiotics doesn't tend to get sick much a month or two on the probiotic gummies is probably sufficient or use them just during the school year and not uh, in the off months any of those things uh, will work just fine Now, the first group of things that I'm going to recommend are going to be preventative. The second group of things that I'm going to recommend are going to be the things that you want to use if your child gets sick and if you need to do something to boost the immune system. So the first thing, absolutely, probiotics in the form of a gummy if you've got a little one. If you've got someone who can swallow pills, especially if they have any kind of stomach issues at all, any of those things I mentioned before, Uh, ibs type symptoms constipation diarrhea um, gas or bloating after meals excessive flatulence any of that kind of stuff back on track. has the bacillus coagulant strain which in my opinion is the best of the best but it also has digestive enzymes and herbs that help to soothe an upset stomach and it is a fantastic one for both adults and children my personal favorite product of anything that i've ever used and the other thing I use on a daily basis that I absolutely swear by and give to my kids is something called the Inner Sea Pack. Now, you've heard of emergency. You may use emergency. I grew up on this stuff. But if you haven't heard, they got sold out to Pfizer. Pfizer, the big drug company, yes. And what did Pfizer do? They screwed it all up. In an attempt to make the stuff taste better and sell for less money they took out the ascorbates and put in ascorbic acid ascorbic acid from sources that are genetically modified for one thing but also ascorbic acid just isn't a high quality vitamin c ascorbates are high quality they work really really well they're non-acidic they don't upset the stomach they don't cause much um, of the uh, potential that vitamin c sometimes can if you take a lot of it to give you diarrhea They are so much better. The best form of vitamin C there is, the people that make Inner C are people that used to work for Alliser Corporation, the corporation that was then sold to Pfizer. They came, they brought their knowledge from Alliser, formed a new company, rescued what used to be an awesome product by recreating it in Inner C, and I absolutely love it. If you're using emergency, stop. It's no longer a good product. It used to be, it's ick now, and now you can get what used to be the great product, now known as inner C absolutely love the stuff tastes good works great one pack a day for your kids one of the best things you can do to keep their immune system up during these school months okay vitamin d3 it's important for everyone it's especially important for kids going back to school because it has plenty of clinical evidence more so than the flu shot does that it can actually improve your odds at preventing the flu and the common cold and all these other things vitamin d3 for Your kids is awesome. You can get it in chewables, gummies, all kinds of easy ways to give it to your kids. It's very inexpensive, it's very effective, and I highly recommend it. And then the last one that we don't think about very often and that I cannot sell you but I'm going to try to sell you on is sleep. Let your child sleep. A child is not being lazy by wanting to get extra sleep. Kids in the elementary school range generally will do well with 10 hours of sleep if they're younger even 11 or 12 and sorry for the yawns (laughs) apparently somebody else needs some sleep but yes it's a big deal you've got to let your kids sleep And if they can't get enough sleep during the week, let them catch up a little bit on the weekend. Sleeping in on Saturdays and Sundays can be a very useful tool. It will make their brain work better and it will absolutely support their immune response. So highly, highly recommend more sleep for your kids. Okay, so those are the big preventatives i'm going to cut to a quick break when we come back from the break i'm going to go over the things that you use at the point of attack if your child comes home with that runny nose sore throat fever they're feeling cruddy i'm going to go through the things that you can use that are kind of medicine cabinet items you ought to have at home all the time to help support those immune systems and these are things that you can use for you the adult as well. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to me. My name's Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you, At Vitality Nutrition we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns, naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662, that's 801-292-6662, or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Man, where did the summer go? Well, I'll tell you, the summer heat didn't go away, did it? 98 degrees yesterday, 98 again today, I believe. (sighs) I'm looking forward to that part of summer being over, but it's nice to have the kids out of school. It's nice to go on those family vacations and all the other stuff, and it's nice to not have quite so many sniffles and sore throats and the other stuff, and that's what today's show is about, is to try and help you avoid those pitfalls this coming school year, keeping the immune system healthy. And next week, I'm going to talk about keeping the... uh, (laughs) I can't even think, the brain healthy, helping your kids that are struggling with focus and attention and really helping them uh, get what they need to nutritionally to make sure that their brains are doing what they should do and hopefully without the need for drugs. That'll be next week's Vitality Radio. But this week's Vitality Radio is all about back to school immune health. We talked about the things you can do to keep the immune system up so that you don't get the sickness. Things like probiotics, even available in a gummy form. We talked about inner C, a much, much better form of emergency. We talked about vitamin D3, and we talked about letting your kids sleep. It's a big deal. Now, what happens if your child comes home complaining that, oh, mom, dad, I don't feel so good? I've got, you know, a runny nose or a scratchy throat or i've got this cough or you feel their forehead and, oop, there's a fever there. Now what do we do? Well, we talked about when to resort to antibiotics and it is on very rare occasion. But there are things that you can do naturally that can oftentimes prevent any need to worry about the medical route and to keep their immune systems up stronger and better by avoiding those antibiotics. The first one on the list, one of my all-time favorites because it is so darn safe and i want to reiterate the safety of this stuff because it has received a bad name and there's tons of research proving that it's safe if you get a good quality meaning that it wasn't made in some guy's basement or in your own because sometimes you can make this stuff and it's not always a good idea because you don't want to mess with this and do it incorrectly but colloidal silver true colloidal silver is truly amazing stuff there are a few brands that i absolutely love one of which happens to be local here the asap brand or silver biotics we absolutely love their stuff they have a topical Gel that beats the heck out of neosporin in a hundred different ways, but their internal stuff is fantastic too. It can be used as a nasal spray. It can be used dropped in the ears. It can be used topically, and it can certainly be used internally. Think of colloidal silver as kind of a catch-all because it has antifungal, antibacterial, and antiviral properties. When popped into a tea, a, a petri dish. It kills almost any negative bacteria on contact. I am a big believer in silver and have no qualms giving it to my children in pretty high doses when they need it. Absolutely love it. One of my other faves, because it's pretty easy to give to your kids, is elderberry. And There's some excellent research showing that it can cut symptoms of the flu in half. It is one of the most powerful natural antivirals in uh, in our arsenal against these things. and believe it or not it actually tastes pretty good in a syrup form in a chewable form uh, it can, it's found in some cough drops now elderberry is legit I absolutely love the stuff we have a huge variety of vitality because I'm such a big fan I want to make sure everybody's got access to elderberry absolutely love the stuff in addition to elderberry working well let's think about this first I said colloidal silver is kind of a catch-all. I will say this, elderberry's properties are primarily antiviral, but what's beautiful about that is at the beginning of this conversation, I talked about how antibiotics are not good for viruses. They don't help, right? 85% of sinus infections, is estimated, are viral. The common cold, viral. The flu, viral, and so on and so forth. So, antibiotics don't even stand a prayer against these viruses and elderberry has good clinical studies showing that it does work for that so for all those things that you can't or shouldn't use an antibiotic for elderberry is an awesome alternative i think it should be in every medicine cabinet that In every home, whether you're an adult or a child, it's one of the most beautiful things that nature has provided for us to fight these things off. I also highly recommend switching to natural cough drops. Now, I did a talk on this last winter um, on the radio, and we had a huge response where a bunch of people said, Man, I didn't know that there were so many chemicals in my cough drops and yes cough drops are notorious for them trying to do their best to make them look and taste like candy and in many cases they don't have enough natural uh, or, or enough um, actual medicinal benefit to be worth taking anyway and have more candy and artificial ingredients than something like a lifesaver. It's kind of ridiculous, right? So if you're going to use a cough drop, use a cough drop that actually has medicinal value. There's a brand that I love. They're called Zand. That's Z-A-N-D. They have about 15 different varieties and I absolutely love their cough drops. They work really, really well. They taste pretty good not quite like candy but they're good and they provide a significant benefit not just the things like menthol to help soothe the throat but also herbs in there to help boost the immune response i am a huge fan of Zand cough drops absolutely love them another thing you may want to consider especially if you're someone who has a diffuser or has been thinking about getting one so that you can use essential oils throughout the home there is a special oil blend put together by holly draper made by um, Purify Oils, her company, and it is called Kids Immune. The Kids Immune formula is especially unique because it's very safe and gentle, safe for pets and kids to be used as a diffused oil, meaning you can put it in a diffuser and inhale, excuse me, inhale it. You can also use it on the feet, on the back of the neck of a child to help uh, boost immunity that way as well. The kids' immune formula is really, really good. If you love essential oils, I think it's one of the best, absolutely. Okay, so that's pretty much the, the, the top of the list. There's a bunch of other stuff we could talk about. Echinacea, zinc lozenges, and a variety of other things. Depending on what you're dealing with, we'd love to have that discussion at Vitality and help you make sure that you're making the right decisions for your kids. But I think I've hit the most important things today. I want to uh, remind you that Vitality Radio is always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful at 107 South, 500 West. We'd be happy to help you with your health and nutrition needs no matter where you live. If you're in the sound of my voice, we can help you. Give us a call, 801-292-6662. Remember. Resorting to antibiotics should be the last resort. In most cases, there are things you can do to boost your child's immunity without putting them on that stuff and in turn reducing their immune response for the next virus or bacteria that rolls around. And uh, if you have any questions about anything you heard on Vitality Radio, you give us a call, 801-292-6662. I appreciate the time that you've given me. Oh, and one little thing to remind you of, that i should have hit at the top of the show but the last week of this month august 2018 we will hit 41 years old at Vitality Nutrition and that entire week we're going to be running unique specials and deals. You'll want to call us and get on our mailing list or our text message club if you're not already there. 801-292-6662 we can put you there. But we'll be sending out specials all kinds of cool things for our 41st birthday. Very unique. Really uh, excited about that celebration that will happen the last week of this month. Okay, that's going to wrap up the show for today. I sure appreciate you listening. As I've said, any minutes that you give me, I really appreciate. I love every week that I get to meet somebody new uh, from Vitality Radio. Usually it's several of you that listen to the show and come in and have Usually pretty good things to say, and I really appreciate that. Anytime you give me, I uh, feel privileged to have. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody about Vitality Radio. Let's spread the word and try and help people get their ultimate vitality through natural means as opposed to resorting to drugs and surgery. That's the message we're trying to spread. I sure appreciate your time listening to me. My name is Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. Radio.
0: You've been listening to the Vitality Radio podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Produced by Elizabeth Joy Wyndham, with very limited help from Jared. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag VitalityRadioPodcast. And if you like what you hear, Go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.